It's time for Scaring is Sharing. Yeah, that's right. It's a podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. Hello. <laughs> What's up? Back Not at much. it again with What's the up? Horror Pod. What's up, dude? <laughs> Jeremy, hi. Oh, yes. So that's Jeremy. He is the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And that's Brandy Joe, the... Flame and scream queen himself, Plan Beck. That's right. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to have you. No. Um, oh, are we ever? Yeah. Jeremy and I love to talk about horror movies. We love them and we like to talk about them and all things related to them. And typically, our format is to share a movie with the other person that they have not seen before and then go away and watch them and come back. But as is often the case these days, we will both watch a new release that neither of us have seen and come back and talk about it, which is what is happening today. Tis the reason for the season. And that season is all year round when it comes to horror movies. Yeah, especially this year. This year this is year. like oh, just yeah. stacked with horror movies. Stacked. I love it when it's stacked. Who doesn't? <laughs> So, Jeremy, let's let's first let's let's take a a little a little drive down um the trailer trailer court. What do we call it? The trailer park? The trailer park. Why not? The terror trailer park. <laughs> because I there were so many trailers I had to I covered my ears and my eyes cuz if for some reason you're listening for the first time Hello. Uh, but also, I avoid horror movie trailers at all costs these days, which today, watching this movie proved very great, I think. I mean, typically it does. Um, but there were so many movies that they played beforehand, like more than any time we've ever gone to the theater, I swear. There were like yeah. four trailers that I just had to completely tune out. Yeah, there was like four hours of trailers before this movie. <laughs> there were. But the movie I'm most excited for, and it doesn't come out until like this summer, like July, is Talk to Me. I just have heard such rave reviews, and it sounds like something that could be really horrible, but if it's done well, it could be really effective. So how did that look to you? It looks like it could go either way, because it does look very derivative of, you know, plenty of stuff we've seen before. Um, but at the same time, it had some cool shots in there. So I'm hoping that the filmmaker, you know, as they say, every story has already been told, uh, but has it been told by you before? So hopefully the filmmaker, uh, wh whoever they are, made this their own. And this will be like a distinct new thing, I'm hoping. I love that because it's so true. It's like so many people like, yes, every story has been told in some way or another. But it's like you bring you to it. So many people try to emulate other people when they're bringing the same stories. And that's why it doesn't work. Yes. You got to bring you got to bring you. You got to bring who you are. Yeah. What makes you gotta, your voice unique? That's how you tell the story. Because we're all unique. OK. Unique mm -hmm. New York. Unique New York. <laughs> now, what about the new Insidious? Because let me tell you, the last couple really since the first one, the Insidious movies have been crap. I have never been into the Insidious series. 
Not even the first one? I was left gravely disappointed by the first one. Okay, well, the last act, I agree with you, but yeah. I think the first two acts are very strong. Strong enough that I forget. I, I forgive the third act. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, I have only ever watched it the one time, uh, and I agree that I thought the first couple acts were like, oh, God, this is like a new scary like actually scary like modern horror classic um and uh yeah that third act though kind of lost me because it went off into weirdo nightmare on elm street territory uh yep new nightmare all the way and then thinking back on it too i'm like and james wan's really leaned into the whole like my gimmick is just jump scares jump scares non-stop throughout all of my movies uh and some are like legitimate, some are fit, but whatever. But he's like the king of just like, I'm going to put in a billion fucking jump scares, which I feel like is a way to kind of like plaster over a lot of times, like weakness in the script and, you know, the plot. So I don't know. Yeah. But I think he does some really creepy, like, I mean, The Conjuring is just so good. Like, I yeah, think The, the Conjuring, Conjuring is, like is very good. Contemporary. Um, and there's so many scenes that are just eerie. And cre- some great jump scares, but like yeah. just some creepy fucking scenes too. And this podcast is a malignant loving podcast. So that's right. So if you don't like it, you have to deal with us because we love it. <laughs> yeah, because we love that movie. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I like plenty of his work. It's just that, you know, uh, I, I feel like I'd like to see him do some more stuff with horror that isn't just like, yeah, uh, stretches his vision a little bit of what you can do with a horror movie. Now, the other film that I am interested in that I only saw a little bit of the trailer today because I wasn't sure what it was, was The Blackening. Yes. Which looks pretty unique. Looks funny. And it looks funny from what I could tell because people around us were laughing, which seemed like a good sign. And so how do you feel about that? Is that like, what on your excitometer... Where does that rate out of a hundred? On my excitometer? Um, yeah, that's the thing I I, I just said. <laughs> We're gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna put it over fifty percent. Let's say okay. it's uh, in the sixties to seventy. Because um, I'm not sure. It looks cool and different uh, for sure. And obviously, you know, um, uh, you know, diversity in uh any genre is great especially in horror seeing that and they're playing with the trope about you know uh the black character always dies first they're like Mm -hmm. making fun of that which is like what a great way to send that up um but i can't what i can't tell what the trailer doesn't tell me uh because what i've read online is it's a little bit more i think comedic than the trailer gives you like almost like a scary movie sort Mm. of type movie but that i think Mm -hmm. the trailer's holding back and not uh giving me enough i i don't know if it's supposed to be kind of a serious horror comedy or is it a full-on parody okay. um so i i can't tell from the trailer i think it could go either way uh stuff i've heard because that's already played at like film festivals and stuff and it sounds like it's actually closer to a full-on parody than okay. like a, a, a horror comedy but either way uh, i want to see it yeah i'll take that I will take that to the bank. Yeah. And I mean, it just plays in again once because from what I could tell from it, it's like, oh, well, this is well-trod territory, but told with someone walking in some very unique shoes, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. like, which is that whole thing we're talking about. Unique storytelling. 
Unique yes. New York storytelling. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's like you got to tell these stories and tell them fresh because because you can. And so it's what it's all about. And and I'm I'm looking forward to it. There's still like every time a movie like to dead evil dead rise comes out and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, I feel like all the movies I was most excited for this year are being checked off the list. I've seen them. I mean, we're God damn it. We're in almost in May, which is so crazy. Mm -hmm. And but they just keep coming like movies sort of like like talk to me i i sort of maybe heard rumblings about but all of a sudden like this week is just like everywhere they just keep coming stuff's coming out i don't even know it's in theaters like we were just talking about at the theater bo is afraid is already out and we were yeah. like yeah it like just kind of came out all of a sudden i thought it, we had more time so i know i know that is so crazy like how does it just happen like that how does life just get crazier and crazier and crazier it just does my friend it just it does. does um i'm looking it up right now because i asked joe my husband who typically has his pulse on most things media and i said oh you know how is bo is afraid of getting reviewed and he was like Ugh. And he, um, I mean, it's a 69% tomato score and audience score is 73, which is kind of unusual for Ari Aster. It's usually, I remember Midsummer was like high critic scores and audience scores. I don't remember what it was, but it was like people were not having it because of one of the things that happens in it and, kind uh, of early on. I will say the letterboxed uh, average is 3.7 though. Oh, well see, that's really good. That's really high. So, yeah. Hereditary, that, the, 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 uh, the reviewer score was 90 and the audience score was 69. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which so, are the kind of movies we love, you know? Yeah. You never, and sometimes it's weird. Like sometimes I feel like critics fall flat on something that audiences are connecting to. Uh, and then you, some, sometimes you see that reversal. Yeah. Uh, as where, we talk about often. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, uh, again, I think the constant uh, example we have as horror people is John Carpenter's The Thing. Critics hated it uh, when it first came out, but now everyone talks about it as legitimately like one of the best movies ever made, period. So, And that's, I think about, I always think about Halloween 3 because that was so maligned. Mm -hmm. Maligned? That's the right word, right? That is the correct word, yes. It was, it was so maligned. And now everyone, not everyone, but mo like horror fans are like, that's a fucking good movie. So shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's a modern classic. Shut yeah. up. So, yeah. Yep. So shut up. Uh, Jeremy. Jeremy. Yes. Jeremy. Yes, Brandy. Uh, we have, it's, um, let's go to the giveaway grave. <laughs> okay. With all these names for things. We have a giveaway, y'all. We love giveaways. So yeah, I'm going to tell you about it because it sounds fun and it stars the late, great Anne Heche. <gasps> so Whoa. don't miss McKaylee Miller, Anne Heche, and Dermot Mulrooney in the pulse-pounding thriller You're Killing Me when Eden attends a heaven or hell party hoping to get a letter of recommendation to an elite university from the wealthy parents of her classmate. The party quickly turns into a fight for her life. You're Killing Me is available now to buy or rent. Have you ever been to a heaven or hell party? No. Okay. I don't think I, I've only seen it in the movies. I, yeah. I did go to like a Studio 54 party a lot in college. And I think we had a Pimps and Hoes party and like a white party. I think we had all of those sorts of things. We did love a theme. Um, but yeah, this sounds, I wonder if it's Anne Heche's final film. 
it's that got, was so tragic that gotta whole, be right unless there's I mean, it's maybe gotta, maybe something else but but yeah so if you I, this is on redbox once i said it was on letterboxd on one of our previous things no, when we did giveaways redbox red digital redbox hit us up i got some promo codes i'm doing that money thing you do at the strip club visually you can't see it but maybe you can hear it uh, he's making it rain right now people <laughs> that's that thank you i'm making it rain with promo codes so hit us up you're killing me and hopefully you'll love it you can report back to us and tell us how it was okay okay so okay. that's giveaway grave you got it got it <laughs> also we have to give a big shout out to horror boob we love horror boob and he sent us some merch some cool things some scream six cups yes because we saw scream six at imagine theaters and they didn't have they had some little posters um but they did not have uh the the cool cups or the popcorn things i did order the popcorn things but they're not coming out to like this summer Oh, weird. You know those popcorn ones that were at Carmike Cinemas that I called the theater and they're like, um, please don't call us about the Scream stuff. Yeah. Um, so I ordered one of those and I will be getting it sometime this summer and cool. I'll use it as like, I don't know, a thing to put pens or pencils in or something. Oh, I was going to say to put, you could put popcorn in it. I mean, you could. I don't really eat popcorn uh, on oh. occasion. It's like a very rare thing that I'll eat popcorn. Oh my God. I eat popcorn all the time. It's like, no, one of my... I mean, I'm, I, I, I think it's a blessing that I don't really get into popcorn and I don't get into salt. And yeah. I mean, those two things actually go together, but, but those two <laughs> things are not the healthiest thing. And I can't stop myself. <laughs> so, but Harboob, thank you so much. He also sent us um, a little, that screen poster that was at the Imagine Cinemas. He sent a little thing of that. And then a Polaroid of our logo, which I kept for myself. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. That's very cool though. We can trade it off. Like, you know, yeah. like um, like we're divorced parents and yeah, you it, can keep it from time to time. And, and we take should take pictures of it. Of it. <laughs> of, it. of us I having fun it. with it. But please check out horror boob on Instagram. It's all one word, just like it sounds. The horror movies we love and the boobs that Jeremy loves. <laughs> mm -hmm. Correct. <laughs> horror boob. And also he has a site. It's bio.site site backslash horror boob stuff check it out some really cool merch some really fun things horror related we love him and thank you so 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 much he sells some really cool videotapes i've seen that on there yep. so we love alex so thank yep. you alex we dig it uh jeremy i feel like we should get into some teragrams because we have some now let's get to the teragrams terror okay. another another word we've coined our teragrams <laughs> i mean maybe i know i totally like ripped it off from i mean i borrowed because that's sincerest form of flattery from our friends that it's only a podcast with their um uh correspondence thank you correspondence i'm like ah it's escaping me um but but yes and speaking of i'll start us off because this is from christian from it's only a podcast and christian writes greetings scare boys i should have sent this sooner i haven't listened to your latest episode yet but when i saw it downloaded on my phone it was my reminder to send you this warning are you scared jeremy oh god y'all have mentioned nefarious as a new release that is coming out i've gotten the trailer a couple of times and didn't think much of it except that it looked cheap and bad. Then I stumbled upon the fact that it is a stealth faith-based movie. The <gasps> directors have written three exclamation point in parentheses 
God's Not Dead movies and directed an anti-abortion movie. I know you guys take chances on small movies sometimes, so I wanted to let you know not to be fooled into thinking you're going to a horror movie and instead getting an evangelical church service. <laughs> Unless that's the type of thing you're looking for. Sounds pretty scary to me, actually. Crying, laughing, emoji face. Keep up the good work. I'm so sorry there's no more Chud movies for you to review. Your friend in scares, Christian. P.S. Hearing Jeremy explain what a catalyst converter is was such a great guys being dudes moment. I could sense my dad's disappointment from a distance since I had no idea what Jeremy was talking about and barely know how a car works. <laughs> oh my God. I was so glad to get this from Christian. Not that I had the time to go see Nefarious, but I had no idea. No idea, yeah. but that that makes sense why we're not hearing about it more on like the horror movie websites and stuff. Yes, because they 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 know it's one of those. It's movies. not a real horror movie. It's a church faith based horror movie, which I'm sorry. There's just not. I mean, there's a place in horror for everything, but not a place in my heart for that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have zero interest in that. Um. A couple of things, though. I am also incredibly sorry that there are no more Chud movies for <laughs> us to what? cover. I'm not. Because <laughs> I would just keep doing them. I know um, you would. And number two, it's like, thank you so much for telling me that it's a guys being dudes sort of moment. Because I also actually barely know how a car works. <laughs> I just, I suppose I have the unearned confidence of a straight white man to just start talking about something. And everyone's like, he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Oh my God. So, I, I know how cars work so little that when I started working at Ford, they had to tell me what an F-150 is because I had no idea. <laughs> they they would like show me things and be like, what's this car called? And I'm like, no idea. <laughs> a big and they're car. Like, That's a Bronco. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And I work at Ford. Like I should, I mean, not that that was when I came in, that was not a requirement in my, in my interview whatsoever. Thank God. Otherwise uh -huh. I definitely would have gotten it, but I was, I was sure it was going to be. Uh, so, so yeah, um, so I, I'm the furthest, furthest from, and I'm the one who works at a, and they're like, what's this car, car called? And you're like, it's a blue car. <laughs> I'm like, it's a Fiat. And they're like, no, it's got four <laughs> wheels. I can see Thank them you. being like, gas makes the car go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Christian, who also coined the term, the scare boys for us. And we love that. We love being the scare. We boys. love, and I love your friend in scares after, especially after that email about the, the church based horror movies. Yes. Not your yes. friend in Christ, but your friend in scares. Love you, you, Christian. Christian. We love, love you, you so much. All right, Jeremy, you have a telegram for us. Oh my God. I got one too. Yeah, I'm you do. Here, I'm sitting here just ready to keep riffing on Christians. Sorry. Moving on. <laughs> Christians, Christian. And now Ethan gets a taste. Yeah. Uh, and of course, yeah. Being to the podcast, Ethan wrote in. Subject line is hello. Uh, and Ethan writes, hi, friends. Just wanted to stop by real quick and talk about some spooky stuff. First up are some audiobooks I've been listening to. I constantly have my headphones on at work to help kill time and have fallen in love with the Libby app. All you need to do is type in your library card info and you can gain access to all of your local library's catalog all for free. I got to remember that because I have a library card and I should see if I can uh, do that. Uh, anyway, Ethan continues. Some of my horror favorites were Red Dragon, 
Silence of the Lambs and Salem's Lot as of recently. Mm. Currently, I am listening to The Dead Zone. And all I have to say is I love Stephen King. Can't believe it took me 29 years to read any of his books. This led me to watching Sometimes They Come Back. And it was fun. (laughs) Nothing amazing, but fun nonetheless. Uh, And then... This is more for me because he says next. This is more for Jeremy. But if you had to take a D&D campaign you've played with our group into a horror movie, which one would you take? Which of our characters would be the big bad? Figured this could be fun, right? Hope all is well. Bye. And then he says, P.S. BJP. I think we talked about it before. But the narration of the final girl's support group was so slow. I had it on two times speed and it still took forever to get through. Oh my God. So true. I listened, I don't whatever like the fastest. I list I, I just could not deal with Adrian King. She was so slow. Mm. Love her. But so tell me what D campaign Ooh. or whatever. I also want to say real quick first though, uh Ethan, uh Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, and Salem's Lot. All three of those are some of my favorite novels I've ever read. I've read all three of them multiple times in my life. So uh those are some solid choices. And they are all pretty freaky and will stick with you. Uh because yeah. definitely as good as uh, you know, the Hannibal Lecter movies are, uh, mm-hmm. especially Silence of the Lambs. Um, you know, Red Dragon was okay. I think the adaptation. Have you seen Manhunter? And I've seen Manhunter and I love. See, I've never seen it. I love Manhunter. It's definitely not for everybody. I can see why people would be thrown off like visiting it, but I love Manhunter. Okay. Um, so it, it's interesting. But yeah, uh, but those books are just so haunting, like the way they're written. It's just uh, chef's kiss. Is he still alive, Thomas Harris? I don't know. Because I feel like I haven't heard of a new book from him in forever. Let's Google it real quick. Okay. Look it up. Thomas Harris. Now, what about Hannibal? Did you like Hannibal, the movie and or the book? Uh, I liked the book. Uh, because I remember the book. Doesn't she the... like dance off with him at the end and to the? Yeah, they like run off together. Like the book gets. But like even... literally, don't they dance into the moon? Maybe not like I, literally into the moon, but like I feel like they're like out dancing under the moon, and that's how it ends, or something. Something like that. It gets into like territory where like a lot of people argue this is it's heightened reality, or is it actually real? Is it a product mm. of Hannibal Lecter's sick mind? Because um, he's he's kind of weird. It, like you know, it gets vague, sort of like okay. unreliable narrator territory towards the end of the novel. So, okay. but and then the movie, I've been back and forth on. Like sometimes I've watched it multiple times in my life, and a few times I've been like, I really dig this uh, for being like you know just so wildly different from Silence of the Lambs, not trying to replicate that. Uh, and then other times I've been like, nah, it's cheesy and weird. So yeah, it just kind of like depends. It depends on my mood, I guess. Okay. But Thomas Harris uh, is still alive. He's 82 though. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But anyway, D&D. So Ethan, our D&D group, which I'd say is pretty idiosyncratic because we've been playing together for a minute. And so, uh, it gets weird sometimes, but when you say that, we did actually have a campaign that we played, or a uh, not a campaign, sorry. We had a session we played on Halloween a few years ago uh, that got into spooky territory. My character was possessed by the ghost of my dead lover, uh, who then tried to make me commit suicide, and there had to be a big um, uh, exorcism ritual <laughs> to save me. Uh, and I almost died. Like I almost failed my death rolls on that. Uh, D and D players will know what I'm talking about, but my character survived at the last minute. 
Did you become unpossessed? I got I got unpossessed. They ex- they exercised the ghost and got rid of it. Um, and we were I'm able so, to. So glad we were able to escape the cemetery that all of this was taking place in. Uh, it was a perfect, perfect little session for a Halloween night for a bunch of nerds. Okay. Um, but I, I feel like if I were to take Ethan, uh, I, I will say if I were to take like our current like game, like where we're at right now that we're playing, I would want to transplant us into a situation like Night of the Living Dead, you know, Dawn of the Dead, where we're holed up in one place and there's waves of unending like foes coming at us that we have to figure out how to survive. Because um, with my group that I Ethan knows all too well, so many of us, it would be a matter only a matter of time before we turned on each other because uh, the bickering would take hold and it would because we can barely get through a game now without bickering amongst ourselves. So like, uh, like really getting like annoyed and upset with each other. No, not really. Not really okay. annoyed and upset. It is more just like, why'd you do that? You stupid character. You ruined what my plan was. So a lot okay. of that kind of stuff. So it's like fun. Yeah, it's fun. And it's most bickering, fun bickering. It's fun bickering because we just like to get bitchy with each other. We've known each other too long. So you know how it goes. Um, but yeah, that's that's a situation I would do and just wait for the chaos to unfold as we try and kill each <laughs> other. Uh, and of course, Ethan, you know, it's always Nick. Nick the Knife. Oh, His, Nick. Whatever character he's playing is going to be the big bad because Nick... <laughs> that's just how nick plays D. you can never trust his characters oh boy mm-hmm. i i needed to say this in regards to ethan's telegram first of all thank you ethan we adore you uh but he mentioned salem's lot and i am watching the tv show from right now like f-o-r-m from have you heard of this i have the name is familiar yeah it's about to start its second season it's on it was an epix or it is an epix thing, but I think it's on Amazon Prime. I don't know. I watched mm-hmm. it on my super secret site. But the guy who played Michael in Lost is like one of the leads. And it is like Salem's Lot and the village and Lost had a baby. Whoa. And it's so good. Like I'm like okay. four episodes in and it is good. It okay. is gory. It is weird. It's creepy. It's like, what the fuck is going on? It's so good. I'm loving it. I just this past week kept reading everything about it. I'm like, fine, fine, fine. I'll watch it. Jesus, leave me alone. Um, And I'm excited because the second season, I think, just started or is about to. So if you're looking for a new TV show, check it out. And I, th- I think I read it's on Amazon Prime. So from. Okay. Which I, I don't I don't love the title. I don't know if that's good. If it's going to something more will come of it. Pay off but... in some way. Yeah, I'm not I'm not loving the title right now. Um mostly cuz when I see people talk about it online I'm like, what show are they talking about? Like cuz it doesn't it usually seems like they're leaving off some words. <laughs> oh, you're like from what? <laughs> yeah, cuz they don't put like quotations or anything and you can't like italicize on Facebook. Yeah. So so for a while I was like, what are people ta- why are they not completing this sentence? <laughs> <laughs> from whom? <laughs> from where? <laughs> from what? <laughs> but yeah, so check it out. And if anyone else is watching, I want to know. And also, um, my friend Matthew, who's written in before, watched the first Horror in the High Desert that I talked about, Mm -hmm. and he really liked it. So um, I'm curious if more people will watch it and like it, because I think it's worth checking out. That reminds me, uh, my brother told me that uh, he uh, watched them 
Oh, he did? Yeah, after you talked about it on the episode. Yeah, I forgot. He told me in person where he's like, I checked those out. And he said the first one scared the crap out of him. Yeah, the first one's really good. The second yeah. one, I don't think you need to go to it. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I thought the first one was fantastic. So Yeah, that's what he said. He was like, it was so creepy. Um, yeah. And I was like, okay, I got to check this out. Yeah, and watch very this well thing. done. Yeah. All right, well, we have another telegram, and this one is a mouthful. So this is coming from Lauren, a friend of the podcast. We love Lauren. Yeah. And Lauren writes, regarding BJ's niece and her horror fascination thanks to social media, it is so true. Tessa has asked multiple times to watch Terrifier because of what she's seen on YouTube and TikTok. At least she's 13 now, and it's not as bad for her to see some things. I'm sure she's looked up all the iconic kills by Arthur Clown since I said, not until I watch it first. And I haven't seen it yet, even though I want to. Uh, even though I want to, thanks to the whole fainting from extreme gore issue. Maybe I can craft my way through it, and at least I'll be up to date then? Shifting gears. We have been robbed so many times. Our first house was in a bad part of town, the kind of neighborhood where your neighbors are the ones who break in and rob you because they see you're not home. The first time was six months after moving in, and the kid, an older teenager, was in the house When I came home because he broke a window and crawled through so it didn't trip off the opening sensor, he locked himself in the bedroom and squeezed back out the window. It felt so goddamn violating. We put break glass film on all the windows and hoped that was enough. Nope. Next time we got robbed, they, different people, kicked in the back door in broad daylight and walked out with our TV, leaving cords trailing in the yards as they jumped the chain link fence. Emoji with curse word across its mouth. (laughs) So we put steel kick plates on the door jams. You can kick a normal door down with a couple good hits. So after that, people kept trying to rob us, but couldn't get in. Anyway, it sucked. It felt violating. Home didn't feel safe. Tess was an infant when we were getting almost daily security alarms while at work from people trying to break in. Finally, we got out into a safer place, but we were blacklisted for homeowner's insurance because we used it for legitimate claims despite all our attempts to prevent them. We almost couldn't get the new house because no one wanted to insure us. Yes, the new house is in the nicer neighborhood, but we made it out, and while we still lock the doors, we feel safe. I mean, we're also both advanced black belts in martial arts, cross-training between karate and traditional Filipino styles, so I'm much more confident in our odds if we were in another bad situation. Oh, and we had to short sale, it's like foreclosing, the old house, and at one point someone came in and stole the entire HVAC unit for the copper pipes. We have no idea how they got it over the locked fence. GG, I guess? What is GG? Good. I don't know what GG is. I'm not sure. It's literally the letters G and G. GG, I guess. Okay, there's my telegram dump. Love you both. Looking forward to the next show. Oh my God, Lauren. That is holy so shit. Fr- I, I can't imagine that feeling of coming home when someone's broken your house and they're still there. Like that is so frightening. That is yeah. like so, so scary. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so weird to hear the stories because I'm like, it's just a I've not experienced it, so it's just a feeling I can't access. And I'm like, man, I hope I never <laughs> know what I that know, feels I like. Oh, and I'm so sorry that you have, Lauren. That's yeah. so not fun. Oh my god. I hopefully all the, the good energy, Juju, and you know, that whole I know I've talked about before, but like Galileo, like past lives, the next life. After you have moved on and someone else, your soul is there. Maybe that person will never get robbed ever because oh, you've I, absorbed it all. I, I was going to be cynical and it's like, maybe, 
Maybe as you move into your next life, thinking reincarnation, you'll be the one robbing people. <laughs> so. No, Jeremy, <laughs> you learn from your mistakes. That's At least right. that's what you, I'm you sorry. would hope. You're, you're supposed you'd to learn and move on. That's correct. It's so true, though. I forget, like, with TikTok and everything, going back to the Terrifier thing and, and Tessa and and my niece, it's like, those things are so accessible now to find, like, the clips of the most outrageous things. Like, Megan is Missing had this big resurgence because of TikTok, and mm -hmm. it w people were putting scenes up and thinking it was real. And yeah. so, like, it's just such an interesting phenomenon how something can have a resurgence or, like, kick off a craze among among like the youths because of of social media and that's got to be another scary feeling or at least anxious for the most part is raising kids and not oh being God. aware of like what they now can have access to just instantly i know like, like if you're older and you're like not as up on things like it's gonna be months before you know of a particular thing that's out and about that all the kids are using and by that point it's too late yeah it's too late they've watched every disgusting <laughs> video on tiktok and you have no idea what they've seen so i'm like that's just gotta be nerve-wracking yep it will it, I, it will it will be like i'm ever gonna know that my cats were, are never gonna get tiktok so they might be doing it right now I mean, they might. They might. Do you know where your cats are? It's it's ten o'clock. Do you know where your cats are? Ah, where are they? Oh my god! Where also, are my pussies? Also, Chi-Chi stands for good game. I just looked. Oh, at good game. I guess that's what she's saying. Good game. I guess because they got that thing out of there. I okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Somehow. Thank you for teaching me how to be cool. Removing an entire. I mean, they probably just broke it down into, smashed it to pieces, and just carried off all the scrap. That is just so ridiculous. That's what you do, so, but I'm glad yeah. you're in a better place now. That sounded like like she wasn't here anymore. But I'm glad you live. I'm in glad a safer you're home. in a better place now. <laughs> Lauren, thank you. Oh, good thank Lord. you, everyone. So those are some great telegrams. <laughs> we love hearing from you. Write to us, scaring a sharing at gmail.com. Follow us on Insta, scaring a sharing all one word. Slide into those DMs. We love hearing from you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We do. You know what the best telegram is? What? It's the one that we're currently reading at that moment. So keep sending them to us. Yeah, each, please. Each one is better than the last is what I'm That's trying right. to say, people. Love them all. And did you hear, speaking of Terrifier, that it's coming, the original, the first one's coming back to theaters this summer or coming into theaters maybe for the first time? Really? I don't know if it ever was. And it might have been in select, but it's coming back. I think they're like, oh, well, part two did so well. Now people know who he is. Let's put the first one back in theaters. Cool. Why not? Yeah, build, why not? Build the, build the legend. I yeah. just saw that Terrifier 2 is on Prime now. So it's like, oh, cool. Oh, wow. That's that's a big uh, uh, platform for them. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. Get the word yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I feel like I have some horror news, but I don't know that it's terribly exciting. I probably the, do too. The, I don't know. The more, <laughs> the most interesting thing, and I don't think anything will come of it, but both Parker Posey and Drew Barrymore have been like, I think I could come back to the screen franchise. <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And I'm like, again, you could be unique. I mean, don't pull like a Billy Loomis and like have like a ghost in there, mm -hmm. but you could do something to bring them back as like the actors. And like, I mean, Drew Barrymore was in Screen Five, her voice. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, you know, okay. you already came back, Drew. Okay. Yeah, I think, Which, I think she specifically said, like, Casey Becker didn't have to die. Maybe she didn't die. And it's like, no, she's dead. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I feel I like mean, the only person who could really come back is Matthew Lillard based on what they said in Scream 6. 
Yes. They're like, yeah. well, just that the people in the world of Scream, that there is hubbub about maybe he didn't actually die. Yeah, exactly. So that's where I'm like, there I could get, I could get behind. There you go. That. Yep. We could go behind that because maybe yeah. he's, yeah, on the loose still. Yeah. And also in the Scream vein, Melissa Barrera is going to be doing another Radio Silence movie. It's like a secret monster movie. So I'm mm. living for that cool yeah. yeah i i did not like her after scream five. Oh, i thought she was fine i thought she was a little boring um but after scream six i really liked her so mm-hmm. i'm i'm down i'm down for that yeah cool um i'm trying to think what about did you her? watch anything i feel like we haven't recorded in forever i know it feels like it um i oh one thing i was gonna mention was i had heard a while back this is probably old news now but they're remaking the mole people which is a like universal like you know not one of their banner classics but it was from like the 50s towards the end of the universal horror movie cycle but uh kind of a the creatures from it are iconic you've probably seen them before the monsters the mole creatures but um okay uh yeah they uh they said they're remaking that i think robert kirkman's attached to that uh you know who was the writer of renfield so it looks like universal must be just giving mm-hmm. him like what classic mm-hmm. uh monster movies of ours do you want to reinvent or play with so uh okay. yeah he's attached to that in development um and uh yeah that's about it i just thought that was interesting that now there's seems to be a new wave yet again getting set off of like let's remake really old stuff so yeah and sorry i gotta circle back to ethan's message i don't i can't remember if I've said this aloud to you or not, but I've never seen the seen the dead zone. Oh, whoa. So I would like to see that someday. I've seen scenes. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. But I've not seen the actual whole darn thing. One of the lesser Cronenberg films. But people really like it. Yeah. It's got a strong cult following. So, yeah. So just letting you know. Uh, do you have any other um, news or views? That's it. Let's uh, views. Um, I don't know. Uh, like h- half the world, I would say I wanted to bring it up because it's tangential. It's adjacent to horror because A24 produced it. I had been watching Beef on Netflix. Oh, I've heard really good. Th- I've heard it's twisty and turny. It's twisty and turny and intense. And uh, man, just S- Stephen Yun turns in a crazy i mean they both do but and like, who's the female uh ali wong yes um, actually wong. they both turn in such really good performances but yeah i like connected to uh steven's lead as the as the male lead just uh it, it surprised me how much i connected to him and could re- relate to some of the like just this anger uh, of being stuck in a certain place in life like wow uh he, he's nailing it okay yeah i need to check it out it starts with like a road rage and then it spawns off from there something like that yeah it just keeps twisting and turning and they get embedded in each other's lives is it disturbing i mean not like in a horror movie way but is it like fucked up or is it just i can see um you know for people like you and me we tread in you know fucked up movie territory so you'll be like right at home okay. <laughs> with the kind of okay. themes they'll ex- they're exploring. But I can see how people that aren't into the kind of dark stuff uh, we might like to consume would be like taken aback by this. Yeah. Okay. It, it's really getting into some negative emotions that people don't like to uh, talk about. 
mm-hmm. in you know polite company and they're doing such a great job of just mining this type of anger and rage that's awesome i love that mm-hmm. like that's also like because there are stories that haven't been told because people don't want to talk about certain things and it's like yeah. go there go yeah, there please exactly yeah well shall we get into our film yeah, let's let's, let's do hit it. it. The, the reason for the season, as I said, why we're here. <laughs> the reason for the season of the witch. So we went and saw Evil Dead Rise, uh, directed by Lee Cronin. And the tagline is, Mommy loves you to death. And the description is a twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Okay, the poster looks like a scream, se- I mean, a smile sequel, for sure. It does. I, I was pretty sure they just photoshopped, like, the same smile <laughs> from the smile poster onto yes. this one. So I mean it works because it's it's accurate, but it just yeah. feels I mean, because I think her smile, I, I don't know if it was computer generated at all. It looked pretty authentic. Just her big old smile. Yeah. Um, Sutherland, her last name's Sutherland. Alyssa Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, first off, curious, the director, Lee Cronin, have you seen the hole in the ground? No, I, I'm oh, okay. not familiar with anything else. Yeah, uh, he's Irish. From I, really, I really liked it. It's really eerie and creepy. Okay. Some cool stuff to it. So I'll put it on my list for you to watch at some point. Cool. But yeah, so okay. So what it what were your overall thoughts of Evil Did Rise? I was in this this fucking rocks. That's my overall thoughts. Like it was so much fun. You know what was super fun for me? I mean, I know I talk about all the goddamn time, but I didn't ever watch a trailer. I watched so few of anything that i saw that the bits i did see i because i thought that it dealt with the older person's mother and that she was like on her so sorry i mean there's gonna be a little bit of spoilers here i mean just a little Mm -hmm. bit but i thought that they were visiting like their mom who was living in this apartment building and she was older and she died because there's a certain point when a particular character is dead and they're talking and then like she comes back to life. I thought it was about like an older woman. So like I kept being like, when are they going to visit their mom? Because they talk about their mom. Yeah. And so I was like, well, is the mom down the hall? Where's the mom? So like there were all these things that I just, it's, it's people, this is how you see movies. I mean, let me tell you, I am a former trailer. I, not a former trailer lover. I do fucking love trailers, but seeing something as blind as possible is so exciting. And I, it just, it has become what I have to do. Not what I have to do, but like, it just makes that first view just that much better. And I'm willing to sacrifice watching a trailer and enjoying it early on so Mm -hmm. I can experience the film as, as blindly as I possibly can. And that made it so fun. I yeah, I could, I could feel that, and I feel like the trailers, the ad campaigns for this thing, did a good job of like I had no idea what the plot was, like I could not figure it out. It showed a few of the set pieces uh, okay. from in the apartment building, but that's about it. Out of context, it's really hard to put together. Like, what what is this thing even about, or like what what's the setup? What's going on? So, and I know we talked about that. I thought based on what I knew, it kind of felt like wreck. Um, mm-hmm. that Spanish quarantine movie. And I don't, it didn't really ever feel like that to me. No, no, it didn't. But it was filmed like in another country, right? 
I think so. Like I feel it, like it was because like it always just felt to me like like they were gonna start speaking French or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, like it just I, had that feel. I feel like it uh, must probably filmed in Europe somewhere, Eastern Europe maybe. Yeah, I feel like it was. Oh, New Zealand. Oh, a shot in New Zealand. Okay, well that makes perfect sense because uh you know, uh, Ramy and uh, Tappert, uh, their connections to New Zealand. So. Okay, because uh, they shot um, all of uh, Hercules and Xena, the TV series, is over there in New Zealand. So I can okay. imagine. I think they do a lot of the movie production stuff over there now too. And I think it's a really good because I'm sure people when this came out, like I thought the idea sounded interesting that it's in like a high rise, mm-hmm. that it's focusing on a family, that it's not following the Bruce Campbell. It's not the cabin in the woods, which I mean, army of darkness did its own thing as well. So it's like early in the franchise that already took, but that's like in that original trilogy, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, it could, but I love that the, the first remake or the, the reimagining the the reboot whatever the reboot i is probably the most appropriate thing to call the 2010 2013 whenever that came out uh 2013 i think but that was definitely felt like the original told just from a different lens yeah because all the same sort of things happen like the cutting off of the hand the chainsaw on the hand those sorts of things the 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 sister stuck in the cellar but Mm -hmm. then it took some of its own like twists and turns like the ending is like the ending of 2013 is totally different in its own unique thing so yeah and this one felt cool with its new version and it didn't deal with friends in a cabin it dealt with a family and i liked that aspect a lot and i i really did like get connected to this family pretty quick i was wondering if i was going to or not Mm -hmm. but i did i was totally into them yeah the actors are all very endearing so it 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 just it, it worked and I don't know this because their names, you know, are, you know, Cassie, Danny, Ellie, Jessica. But it felt like, in some ways, like a Latinx family to some degree. And I don't know mm-hmm. that because I, I don't think it was ever made explicit. But it sort of felt like that. Like, I feel like it it, it just had that sort of feeling to me that there, that there might have been. And I don't, I don't know why that is. Maybe that's just because I, what I wanted it to be or something. But mm-hmm. I liked that sort of route. And whether it was implied or just in my own mind i i still enjoyed that and i love female leads that's why i liked the jane levy one so much because mm-hmm. i fucking love her and and i just love i love i love that twist on it when because i feel like if you have a guy lead you have to compare him to ash but if you have female leads it's easier to not compare them yeah and i'm totally into again spoilers mild spoilers but like this is our female ash <laughs> I mean, I hate to sound derivative there, but like she builds to that type of character. So it feels like they're making the potential for a new heroic lead for these. Uh, and I'm I'm about it. It's just uh, I loved her. And after 2013, I'm like, could anything be as gory as that film? And um, yeah, yeah, yeah I can. <laughs> it, it's funny too to keep talking about the 2013 in this one. And I because I feel like the two of them perfectly represent their eras of horror where mm-hmm. the 2013 uh was coming at the tail end of that big wave of reboots and remakes of old cla- uh you know 70s and like 80s classics uh and um uh, and it fits in li- with what they were doing with those which was to 
uh, always try and retell the story of whatever the original was, but grittier, uh, a little grimier and grosser. And like, that's exactly what that one is. And this movie is totally a requel of the original Evil Dead, because it is very much like similar story beats, just a different location from a cabin to a high rise. But it, it does feel very requally to the original. Yes. And slight spoiler here, if you care of, of how this, the book and how all this happens at, at this location, go away or skip ahead or whatever. Yes. Yep. But like, ahead. I was very curious about that, especially considering the opening, which takes place at a cabin in the woods, not the cabin in the woods. But I'm like, it does my least favorite trope. Ever. Well, I have a couple, but it's one of them that a big scene and then a one day earlier, which yeah. I hate so much. It just feels lazy. I wish we wouldn't have like we could have done without that. And then it could have still at the end, we could have put it all together. Yeah, I, that's just I just feel like give us some credit. But um wondering like how that was all going to happen. And am I wrong? Like we've never known before that there's multiple books. Do, did we? Um. Okay, this is what I was going to say, because in that recording, he said he said three books, right? Yes, I think I think he explicitly gave the number three. And then at at some point mid movie, it just clicked in my brain where I was like, oh, my God, the original trilogy, the remake, this one, that's the three different books. But isn't the 2013 one the same book? Uh, because like you see his car and stuff like isn't it implied they kind of went that way but they also kind of turned it back another way where ash versus evil dead the tv series introduced this idea of a of alternate universes uh, existing so that kind of made everyone fall into the oh that's what they're doing all these iterations are like alternate universes okay uh, uh, but all revolving around the book of the dead just wreaking havoc okay but like yep. I was like, well, that book doesn't look the same. And then when you listen to the recording, which did you know that that's what? the cameo? Was that was that Bruce? I was just someone. I was in the bathroom being afterwards, and Miles and I were talking about our friend Miles who went because we had a great crew. It was my friend Miles, my friend Harry, my friend Nick, my friend Delilah, and Jeremy and me. It was so exciting. All of us there, mm-hmm. all my worlds colliding, which was so exciting. And and we were talking about it while being, and then this guy next to us was like, because I was like, I don't know where Bruce Campbell was, and this guy next to us was like, I think he's on the record. He's like, I'm about to go see it, but I'm pretty sure he's the priest on the record. And I just looked it up. And that is indeed. Awesome. And he also, there's a scene where something may fly into someone's mouth. And I guess Bruce Campbell chomped on an apple to give that sound effect is awesome. also what I read. So he provided some sound effects in multiple ways. Awesome. But yeah, so I thought that was a good way to have, a di- because it would make sense that the that not one of these books was created, but multiple. Yeah. Because yep. there's lots of baddies in the world. Oh, yeah. And the demons, you know, there's always multiple tomes to summon the demons. So, <laughs> And I didn't like I thought the beginning was fine. I, I. I'm not crazy about how the title looked like I kind of liked what it did and the visual of it, but mm-hmm. it didn't fully look like the Evil Dead font to me like it does in the poster. It looked slightly different. And I don't know, maybe I'm just crazy there. Yeah, no, I think it did. Like, I'm like, OK, it's its own font, but yeah, uh, and that's fine. It's forging 
its own path. Possibly, but it adds some new... cool. It starts off with some like, oh, okay, we're going there. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, sweet, love it. So because I remember in the 2013 one, they were talked about like how there was I don't know 150 thousand gallons of blood or whatever. Like I don't know what they said, but like it was like more blood than ever's been in a movie or something like that. There was mm-hmm. talk like that. And here I kept going, well, there's not as much, but then there's a particular scene that maybe pays homage to one of the most famous horror films of all time. Yes. And um, and I was like, oh, okay, well, there we go. <laughs> we are um getting in the blood. So I read that somewhere somebody said that Lee Cronin, that movie that they're referencing is like his favorite. So oh, and so maybe there's even more of that in here. Yeah. And I felt like it's sort of and I don't know if it was intentional or not, seemed to nod at hereditary a couple of times in multiple ways, like the family, the mother, and then like she's banging her head on the door, which I know that's not exclusive to hereditary, but it's very iconic to me at any rate, Tony banging her head on the attic door. Yes. And then also her like crawling on the wall, like in the background, like felt very, very hereditary. Yes. Very, very hereditary, which I just loved. Maybe that's, uh, you know, uh, Lee Cronin can get into conversation with Ari Aster. Yeah. They can reference each other back and forth, much like Sam Raimi and Wes Craven did. Yes. And they still got a Wes Craven nod in here. Oh, where? It was oh, when they talk about the Freddy movies. Yeah, when the the neighbor boys are like, Do you want to come over and watch a Freddy movie marathon with us? And I was like, there it is. There's the Wes Craven nod. They got it in there. I was like, I mean, and this definitely would have gone more into wreck territory, but like I was thinking, oh, we're in this apartment building, we're gonna have total chaos. Mm-hmm. all throughout the building was sort of something that seemed kind of exciting. But again, mild spoilers, we're really confined to like one floor. Yeah, and it's in a building film. a building that's barely populated, they say. Yeah. Like, there's not many people living there anymore. So, But that's but, how they work it in and turn it back into the cabin in the woods situation. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But it felt just fresh enough to have like children in it, which we've never had before. Like, just I mean, I, don't, I can't remember Army of Darkness that well, quite honestly. I've seen it once, and I was definitely really stoned. Mm-hmm. But I like having kids in it and then being like, oh, well, nothing bad is going to happen to the kids. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. come and watch. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I, I thought that there were some truly creepy things. I feel for the most part, it seemed just like 2013 to rely mostly on practical effects. I don't think there was a ton of CGI. Yeah, not much. At least it didn't feel like that. It felt like most things probably were done practically. Yeah, I think CGI was just used to accent. Like I caught some moments where I'm like, okay, I think there's a practical thing there, but they've accentuated it with like some CGI. Yes, and definitely some great kills. Some like, ah, like moments where you kind of scream out loud. I, there was a great drum scare early on where I was scared by something the opposite of the devil. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I jumped so hard. Yep. Um, oh my God. It has a awesome evil dead score which is just you know or or orchestral like brass making dissonant noises uh and i don't know that's just like a staple of these movies uh score wise so a lot of (laughs) just building dread in the background it's a lot of fun and i just i could totally be down for every 10 years 
a movie like this comes out where it just takes the Evil Dead world universe and just does something a little bit different with it. I'm all yeah, for that. I agree. That was, yeah. let's do it. And I also love that while the 2013 had tons of blood, uh, no doubt, it was mostly just blood. Like they just kicked blood on blood. I like that this movie had other slimes and yes. fluids in there yes. uh, just to liven it up a little bit. Let's get some, <laughs> let's get some slime coming out of people, some vomit and some blood. So, you know, yep. we got all kinds of stuff. Some foaming at the mouth. It was like the exact opposite colors, like white and red. Yeah. And it's, and, and that made it even weirder and grosser. So yes, for sure. It a hundred percent did. And I just, yeah, I liked that it wasn't exact, but there were definite references to, oh, okay, well, we're going to bring this in. One thing I, what I started looking for a little too late. Did they have Ash's car in the parking garage? Do you know? I didn't catch it. I, I didn't think of I it. I saw like an older car, but I, I started thinking about it too late. Cause yeah. I know Sam Raimi likes to put that into every movie of his, right? Something yep. like that. That same car is in every movie he's directed. Yeah, but I know that they had it in the 2013 version. They did. But it was very obvious there. She was like sitting on it, so you knew it. But like, I thought about it just too late here. And I'm like, oh God, what? it would have made so much sense to yeah. have it in the parking garage. Was it in Don't Breathe? I don't know. Raimi did produce it. And I, I can't remember if Fede threw it in remember. there somewhere either yeah i don't know yeah but 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 yeah i'm i'm i really enjoyed it i thought it was a lot of fun and gory and just a, it was just fun like especially with like a group and at one point miles said come on boomstick and i laughed so hard <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my god so so good and uh, the easter egg i caught was uh the pizza they get in the one scene is henrietta's pizza which is what and Henrietta was the lady in the basement. That's a big old demon now in the original. His sister? Is no, that no, Cheryl? No. no, no, no. Well, she gets possessed later. No, the, initially when they go in the basement, they don't realize there's already a dead eight down there, which is Henrietta. Oh. Yeah. Because oh, when, they, when he God, listens. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. And they lock her down there and she's trying to get out. So. Oh my god, yeah. Because on the recording, the scientist says it possessed my wife and I locked her in the cellar. Uh-huh. Wait, is that Evil Dead 2? It, it, it it's in it's one and two. They kind of that's an element that bleeds together. Oh, I didn't think she was in one. Yeah. Okay. I haven't yeah. watched them. Or she's referenced in one. Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right. Yep. Yeah. I, and But I mean, they drop the pizza because there's an earthquake mm-hmm. and they open it and eat a piece, but then they don't take the rest up. I'm like, you literally just drop the boxes on the ground. They did not. They did not fall on the ground upside down. You can mm-hmm. still eat that pizza. Yeah, they're still in the box. Like, come on, kids. Save the pizza. And I am grateful just in the world we live in. Again, sorry. Spoiler, spoilers. When the mom becomes possessed. Mm-hmm. And it like the evil hits her as it does. And there's sort of a flash to like the trees attacking the Cheryl and Jane Levy, like that sort of thing, like grabbing the limbs and sort of pulling them apart. And I was like, okay, in this day and age, can we not have it rape her? Mm-hmm. Since it doesn't like every other iteration, just we've come a long way. And, and, 
and I, and it didn't. I, we didn't see that it did, and I was I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. I was grateful. I mean, not that that sort of thing can't happen, but but it's just yeah. I just yeah no it, it, we don't need it. It we was don't up, need it. It was an update of you know a similar scene, but done better. Which Ramy has always said that he would have cut that at this point. He like not not all that long after he was like, eh, I didn't like that we left that in the movie in the original. So and then of course in 2013, Fede is a little bit of a douchebag. So yeah, so I'm sure that's why he left it in there because yeah. we don't like him anymore. I mean, I'll probably see a horror movie if he does it again, but yeah, but but I don't, don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you have to say about it, Jeremy? Um, I think that's really it. Other than if you love, uh, you know, Evil Dead, see this damn thing. Oh yeah, and if you want just a fun movie that's like a little bit of a a, a popcorn ride, like I recommend seeing it in the theater. But you don't have to see it in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, you don't oh my have God. to. But and also, there's great references where they all start screaming "Dead by Dawn." Yeah, 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 yeah. So great. Which then and... made me think, like, when did that title change? Because like now, when you see Evil Dead mentioned, it's always just or uh, uh, Evil Dead Two. It's always just Evil Dead Two. Um, mm-hmm. Where I feel like the old videotapes used to say Evil Dead Two, Dead by Dawn. That's what I seem to remember myself as well. Yeah, so like when did they change the title or was it was that just on like the tapes or I don't even know. What does mm-hmm. the title screen say of the movie? Does it say Dead by Dawn? That's a good question. Huh. I haven't seen it in a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. Um but yeah, I thought it was it was a fun a fun time and I was um reading that that it brings it full circle because we're back to New Line Cinema and they distributed the first film i was just thinking that where i was like oh new line cinema was on this uh and they did the original and then i was trying to remember if any others were done by new line but uh no just these two the original and this one and they said in this movie lee cronin said that um 6500 liters which translates to 1720 gallons of fake blood was used for this film wow were used for this film were yes. was whatever were used yep and it was shot in chronological order which i think has got to be i mean because that's what's fun about a play is mm-hmm. you can rehearse it however you want to but then you're doing it in the order so you go on the journey as it's like not meant to go because some plays can be out of order not all mm-hmm. plays go in chronological order but it must be fun for a movie to be able to do that because it's got to be so such a weird sensation to film something out of order to film the climax first before you've done the other scenes to really build your character and your relationships up that's yeah. got to be so bizarre yeah so bizarre yeah but but yeah i dug it and I'm glad it got a theatrical release. I know they were talking about just putting out to streaming, and then it just did so well. Everyone mm-hmm. has raved about it. So. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, didn't this get announced as like uh, it was going to be straight to HBO yeah, Max or sure something did. like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then they were like, this shit's going to be good, which they should have done with Prey. Yes, Prey should have been in theaters. It would have made uh, millions of dollars, I'm sure. At least two. Yeah, at least two million. <laughs> All right, well, shall we? Yeah, let's rate this thing. All right. Out of five uh, cheese graters to your Ooh. leg. Mm. That was the best. Yeah, that, that was, was awesome. Best. That was awesome. 
How many do you give Evil Dead Rise? I'm just like, I'm like, why why even hold back? I loved this. Four and a half. Oh my. I'm going to go four. Solid four. And still a solid. Scare of approval. Scare of approval. That's right, baby. We love scares of approval. Another one for the books. That's right. So yes. Oh my God. This year is just coming at us with all the goods. All the goods. We love that. We love it so, so much. So write to us. Tell us what you thought of it. Please do it. Yeah. Scaring is sharing at gmail.com. Thank you. And yeah, let's um let's go away and we'll come back again real soon to talk more horror and all that. And remember more. It's in uh, the trees. It's coming. Uh, and food is a little funny at the clown cafe. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.